0: On the front here I have, and I know it's small and you probably can't see see it well, but on the front is, is a, a manger scene, and we're going to add people to this manger scene each day through this series called Christmas People. Today we're adding Joseph to the scene. This was a Major scene that we picked up when we were in Israel the first time a number of years ago. I want to tie that major scene to my wife's brother. His name was Bill. He um, had his funeral about four years ago on his birthday. And we're not certain whether he ever had a spiritual birthday or not, which makes a funeral much more difficult than, for instance, Alan's funeral was. We did our best to convey to him the gospel. Over 40 years ago when we were married, we started early in our married life talking to Bill about his relationship with Christ and Bill would either change the subject or announce something like, Well, that's good for you, and I'm glad you believe in that, but I don't need that. Or he would simply get up and walk out of the room. Number of years into our <clears throat> marriage relationship, after our kids had left home and we had grandkids, one of our young granddaughters was setting at Christmas time. Next to the fireplace, playing with this manger scene. And Uncle Bill was sitting in a recliner right beside the manger scene. And she looked up, Caitlin looked up to Uncle Bill and said, Uncle Bill, do you know who this is? And she started telling him about Joseph and his life. And she picked up all the other figures at the manger scene. And finally, she picked up the baby and said, Uncle Bill, do you know who this is? And for like 40 minutes, he sat and listened to a little 7, 8-year-old girl tell him the story of Christmas. Our hope is that he accepted that story in the very reason for Christ coming. But it was neat to me. To watch one of my grandchildren have an open door that we couldn't have and walk through that door and boldly say to him, let me talk to you about the people of Christmas. This is the first time that I've done this series. And I want in a fresh way as God has taught me some things and hopefully will help teach you some things about these different people. I'm anxious to talk to you about several of the people, the characters, that the synoptics, that is Matthew, Mark, and Luke, tell us about on that first Christmas. And the first that we're introduced to is this guy named Joseph. If you were to say his name, the, the English pronunciation of the Greek is... Eosef. Let me say it again. Eosef. Say that with me, will you? Eosef. One more time. Eosef. Now you know Greek. <laughs> Aren't you thrilled with that? The reason I wanted to emphasize that is because of what the name means, what the word means. So often, almost all the time, and throughout the Bible's names, are indicative of character. And this name, Eosef, what does it mean? It means, let him add to. One more time. Eosef, let him add to. And that is the heart of the story of Joseph as he relates to the Christmas story. For he has a choice to make. Shall I add to my life this woman? And by the way, let me pause here and interject. The woman was just a child. (laughs) Historically, in that first century, a Jewish gal would be given between the age of 13 and 14 to a man who might be a few years older, 18 to 20 years of age. She would be given to him, betrothed to him to be his wife. Mary likely was 14 or 15 years old when she had the baby Jesus. Shall I, when Joseph discovered that she was with child while they were only still betrothed or engaged... Shall I add to my life this woman to be my wife? And more than that, if I say yes, I'm adding to my life, not just her, but I'm adding to my life this baby that she's about to bear. And in case I don't get to it later, let me just share this with you. When he names that child... He is choosing, and by the way, the angel told him what to name the child. Thou shalt call his name Jesus, Savior, for he shall save his people from their sins. As he names that child, he is literally taking that child in a legal sense to be his own. So that you may legitimately call Joseph the father of Jesus, though God the father is his true father. But Joseph adopted him. He added Mary and added Joseph, or added Jesus, to his life. E O S. That tells us a lot about the character of this man, does it not? That he would step outside the box of tradition and obey by faith the God of heaven and earth who revealed to him you need to, Eosef, add to your life, Mary and Joseph. Would you stand with me, please, as we read of what I just shared with you? In Matthew chapter 1, verses 18 through 21, if you'd like to open your copy of the scriptures there, or it'll be on the screen for you, it goes like this. Now, the birth of Jesus Christ was as follows. After his mother Mary was betrothed to Joseph, before they came together, she was found with child. Can we pause there and give me just a minute while you're standing. Let me talk with you just one second about that word betrothed. Do you understand that in the Jewish culture, to be to be uh, to be betrothed is what we call today to be engaged. However, it meant something far more and far different in the Jewish culture. For in the engagement period or betrothal period, for that fourteen-year-old girl and her eighteen or nineteen-year-old husband to be, if you will, within that engagement period, which was almost typically almost to the day a year within that period they were viewed by the Jews as already married with all the rights of husband and wife with one exception the physical relationship was to wait until after the wedding day so that the text goes on to say after his mother was betrothed to Joseph before they came together she was found with child of the Holy Spirit, then Joseph her what? Say it? Her husband. Wait a minute, they're just betrothed. Yeah, I explained how that's so. For according to the Jews they were already husband and wife. So hang on to that. She was found with child of the Holy Spirit, then Joseph her husband being a just man and not wanting to make her a public example, was minded to put her away secretly. But while he thought about these things, behold, an angel of the Lord appeared to him in a dream, saying, Joseph, key for ace we'll talk about it in a minute, son of David, Do not be afraid to take to you Mary, your wife, for that which is conceived in her is of the Holy Spirit, and she will bring forth a son, and you shall call his name, say it, Jesus. Jesus. For he will save his people from their sins. Join me in thanking God for this Joseph, who was willing to add to his life the Savior of the world? My Father, with this great body of believers this morning, and some here who may yet be like my brother in law was when he was told the story by my granddaughter, some may be here who have yet to understand that this wasn't just another man born to woman, but that. This was the one that all the ages had looked toward when he came the first time. The one who would come and die so that we may have our sins paid for by his very death on the cross. For without the shedding of blood, there's no payment for our sin. Thank you, my Father, that he paid the price And that he then rose from the grave and ascended on high and is coming yet again. And for any who have yet to believe that, help them to understand. They have no hope apart from the reality of the birth of him who became our Savior. My father, as we walk through this story looking at it one person at a time. Open our eyes that we may behold wondrous things about each individual that will point us to the reason for the season, this Christ child. Now, Father, guide us by your Spirit so that this is not just another church service, but make it a transforming time, an interactive time with your Spirit, your Word, your truth, your Son, and yourself. Help us to respond as you would have us to. In the name of the only worthy name, Jesus, we ask this. And all who care to say, Amen. 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 Thank you. You may be seated. Let's talk about this key individual, this Joseph. Four critical things you need to know about it they're all in our text or around our text joseph was a jewish man you back up to the first chapter you find in the first verse the reason for the book of matthew you read the book of the genealogy of jesus christ the son of david the son of abraham wait a minute There's something striking about that verse. And I don't know if you've ever caught it before, but let me help you see it if you've never seen it. Who came first, Abraham or David? Abraham was born first chronologically. He's the father of the Jews, you remember. David came much later. In fact, the text goes on to say, at the end of the first chapter that there were 14 generations from Abraham to David. Then 14 generations from David to the Babylonian captivity of the Jews and then 14 generations from the Babylonian captivity to the very birth of Jesus Christ. 42 generations from Abraham the Jew to that Jew of all Jews that was born, the Lord Jesus. Matthew was all about that. Why is David put before Abraham? If chronologically it should be reversed. It's because Matthew was trying to say to his hearers, who were all Jews he sent the book to the Israelites he wrote it for their be- on their behalf for them so that they would believe that Jesus was their messiah or the Christ anytime you see the word Christ in the New Testament think messiah think king of the Jews who was the king from uh, who was the Jewish king from whom the messiah would come it was David. That's why David is first. Matthew is saying to the Jews, this one who was born is the son of David, your Christ, who you crucified. Now hang on. He goes on to say, and he says Jacob begat in verse number 16 after he traced Almost all of those 42 generations, he then adds, Jacob begat Joseph, the husband of Mary, of whom Jesus was born. Joseph was the 11th son of Jacob. And it was to him that God gave our Messiah, our Savior, Jesus. Hang on to this. I said it before. Oh, Eosef added to himself when he named the son Jesus. He added to himself a son for himself. The clip got it right. I don't know why God chose me to be the stepfather of That's the emphasis of the text. Jews, you must believe this. And let me pause here. And could I create a holy moment for you who have yet to understand who Jesus really was and what he came to do? The holy moment is this it's simply believe it. He was the Jew, the promised one of the Old Testament. Isaiah talked about him coming, being born as a baby. Being the wonderful counselor, the mighty God, the Prince of Peace, the King of Israel, and all the other prophets of the Old Testament prophesied some 400 specific things about him. And Matthew is recording many of those things that came to be true, especially in the early part of the book, those things about his birth. Joseph is making it clear, Matthew is making it clear that Joseph was in the line of David, to whom and through whom Jesus would be born. Still with me? Joseph was a Jew. Joseph was a gracious man. I love this. It says chapter 1 on the screen. That's a typo. It's chapter 2. Then Joseph, being a just man not wanting to make her a public example. Let me pause there. The word just is in all capital letters because I wanted to just let you know what that meant. By saying he was a just man was not just saying he was a good and moral guy. It was much more than that. He was a man who was committed to the law as a Jew. He was a Jew committed to keep the law of God as all the Old Testament Jews were committed to do. He was one. If you answered the question, why Joseph? From a human perspective above the divine, surely from the divine perspective, it's all grace, Joseph would say. But the reality is God chose a man committed to the word of God and the God of A spiritually just person who in great pain to himself would keep the law. Which meant in that day, according to traditional law and Mosaic law, if a 14-year-old girl to whom you were betrothed was found to be with child that was not your own, you are free to divorce her. And so Joseph was minded to put her away to divorce her, but he was minded to do it. Here's where grace comes in secretly. Now, watch this. He had three choices according to the law. He could publicly divorce her, which is a Absolute public in front of not just a church, if that had existed in that day, but in front of the whole society and community of Jews in which they lived. All would have known as if it had been on Fox News every night. It would have been known. She has been unfaithful to me. I divorce her. He could have done it publicly. The law also allowed, traditionally, for it to be done privately, which meant he didn't have to tell anyone else and announce it to all. He simply, with two witnesses, could sign the divorce papers and hand it privately and secretly to her. And he had a third choice, which was not in agreement with the Mosaic Law or tradition, He could have simply married her and said nothing privately or publicly about her sin, as it were. Joseph, being a just man, could not do the third, for neither the Mosaic law nor traditional law would allow that. He was minded to put her away privately to spare her the public disgrace. Do you understand that already Joseph loved God and loved the wife to whom he was betrothed? What a gracious guy. Doing what only a spiritual person from the box he lived in could do. Stay with me. Here's the winning factor for Mary. Joseph was a thoughtful man. It is an interesting statement when in chapter 2, verse 20, you read, While he thought on these things, stop. Joseph did not act impulsively. When he heard the news that Mary is with child, his wife betrothed, to whom he was betrothed, is with child, he did not impulsively just embarrass her publicly or impulsively, as in our day many have done. And I'm always careful in the crowd of people how I address that. But in our day, people impulsively make a choice that is about the woman and not about the baby they impulsively take the life through abortion. And my beloved, if you're one who is here, I said I'm always careful because I never know who has and who hasn't. I'm not here to throw stones at you, and that's not where I'm coming from nor where I believe the word of God comes from. If you have taken the life of a baby through abortion, I think you probably know this better than all the rest of us who haven't known that in our lives. You know that you hadn't clearly thought through that decision totally and completely. For if you had thought through it, this did Joseph. Now watch this. The word thought here is not simply a word. Well, he thought about it and then decided it's he took time to carefully, or carefully contemplate, intentionally contemplate, what must be done? What shall I do? How do I be true to my love for God and true to my love for this woman? While he thought about that. An angel of the Lord came to him. And i got to tell you, I believe this with all my heart. When we come up to curves in life and great events over which we have no control and we are so perplexed as to how on earth do I respond in love to this event? How do I do that? You ever been there? I've had 120 people sign a petition to get rid of me as a pastor. How do I love God and love them when their rationale is so self-focused, had nothing to do with Bible principle? What do I do in that event? I'm convinced of this. If you are driven to God, to plead God, it seems no friend or no other group on this globe has an answer for me. Do you? I want to caution you here. In our day, you need not wait for a dream. And if you see an angel, I want to see you in my office after church. Oh, but beloved, the dreams are recorded. The will of the angel of the Lord and the will of the God of the word and the word of God is unveiled to you so clearly. There is always an answer in the scriptures, which is why you must turn to God, which means to turn to the word of God. And look for God's solutions. Carefully think through finding God's answer. I think Joseph, while thinking, was pleading. God, I am so confounded. I don't know which way to go. Turn right, turn to the left, walk the middle road. I don't know. What do I do? And the angel announced, do not be afraid. Do you know what the opposite of fear is, biblically? The opposite of fear is faith. In those great events of life that destroy you and confound you and Cause you to wonder, what, what, what direction do I go? Where do I turn in those moments, beloved? Please, please, please hear this. Turn to your faith. What do you believe in? What do you trust in? No, who do you believe in and who do you trust in? In those moments... You are defining whether you are just or not. Whether you're committed to God, whether you have a high view of his sovereign love or not. I think Joseph had a high view of God's sovereign love and he's appealing to him and God because the scriptures weren't complete yet. We know the rest of the story. He didn't and didn't even know where to look for them other than his heart was open to God. God spoke and said, have faith. For that which is conceived in her is not conceived by and through sin. Another man who lay with her. That which is conceived in her, is from the Holy Ghost. Don't be afraid. Take choice three. Take her to be your wife. And when the son is born, don't be afraid. Add him, Eose, to your life. Call his name, adopt him, call his name Jesus. For he'll save his people from their sins. Aren't you glad Joseph didn't impulsively act, but carefully thought, what a man to follow. And lastly, Joseph was an obedient man. Genuine faith obeys that's the mark of obedience. Watch this. Then Joseph did as the angel of the Lord commanded him and took to him his wife. It goes on to say that he did not know her for a year till after she had given birth to his son. <coughs> Rather, he didn't know her a year. It's talking about the intimate physical relationship in marriage. By the way, there is an error out there among many. They see Mary is so venerable, so almost deified, that they think all the children that she bore, they don't deny that Jesus had brothers, but that all the children she bore were virgin born. Not so. Joseph was the father of the brothers. Matthew made it clear there's only one virgin born. And that does not deify Mary. It deifies the son. Which if you noted when we read through the scripture, the word son was capitalized. He's the son of God for he was virgin-born. Joseph obeyed. say eO safe one more time yes. He added to his life a wife and a virgin-born son. That's how the story begins. How could I have neglected these people all these years? I know all else pales when you see the baby. But God used people, human sinful beings, to bring his baby into life and to care for that baby. Your turn. So, sometimes. God places special events in my life and yours that demand great faith. He does that corporately, doesn't he, church? Hello? In two days, I hope you're praying for him. Your former pastor will be out of prison. That was a great event you walked through out of your control. Talking with individuals over the last year, now that we've moved well beyond this, talking with individuals, it was neat to watch so many handle that great event by faith. Hello? That's a good place for a yell, y'all. I don't know when the next great corporate event comes for you. I know it will come. I don't know when the next one will come for me. I know when the last one was. It's a private thing within our own family. But a big event from a phone call a few weeks ago. There are two people living within me. One that wants to say sometimes, Where are you, God? And the other one that wants to say and cries out, Where am I, God? Am I at a point in my life when I can every time an event like that happens unexpectedly, just simply, immediately look up and say, God, don't let me act impulsively. But, oh God, help me. Help me, oh God, not to be afraid, but to know you're large and in charge, and no matter the event, You love me and will see me through it. And you love those whom I love. And you'll see all of them through it. I believe. I believe. Let me just do the old-fashioned breacher thing. I believe. By my obedience, when God says, "Here's the next step on this narrow two-track road," please tell me two-track road. Please tell me you know what I'm talking about. Here's the next step. Step. Here's the way. Walk him. I'll know whether I can walk by faith or not if I know what he wants me to do through his word, and I do it. That gives me the kind of heart that's like josephs a spiritually just person. Wish I could say that was me all the time. I think I'm learning how to be a little bit more like that. Do you stand with me, please? We're gonna sing in just a moment. Did I ask you about your